0: Where I help you fix your Catholic marriage I've coached and helped hundreds of men in their marriages And now I want to help you Call 313 Radical now That's area code 313 Radical And ask me anything on tough marital issues Such as what to do when she's asked for a divorce What to do when you have a mutual agreement of separation But you didn't want it What to do when your wife is cold and distant? What to do when your wife is having an affair? What to do when your marriage is bad, boring, lukewarm, and passionless? What to do when you engage in a mental embrace less than once a month? What to do when you sleep in separate bedrooms? What to do when she has left the home with or without the children? What to do when you are divorced but didn't want it? Call 313 Radical. That's area code 313 723 4225. That's area code 313 723 4225. Again, call 313 Radical right now for answers to intimacy problems, communication problems, prayer and spiritual warfare problems, authentic masculinity problems, aka how to man up. So, back, relax, take a chill pill, and get ready to rock. But don't duck. Can you feel it? Catholic Alpha Radical, coming at you now. Hello and welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical Live. The podcast that helps you fix your Catholic marriage, while also giving men winning tactics for marriage problems, girlfriend problems, and intimacy problems for men. But moreover, well, my main mission is to keep you out of divorce court. And where marriage unchained, the art of one flesh, divorce combat coaching is the flavor of the day, while also helping men, um, while also helping men understand. Marriage and courting, not dating in the Catholic faith. Why? Because dating is for sex and courting is for marriage. In this 121st episode, Catholic dating tips on sex before marriage, why dating is for sex, and I just said it, and courting is for marriage, part two. Plus live calls from you answering your marriage and crisis questions. So get in that queue at 313-RADICAL. That's 313-723-4225 or calling from your browser at colinstudio.com slash radical one for some resolution to your marriage confusion. Quote of the day. Quote, to be an infallible lover the first thing you must recognize that sex is and must always be holy. It must make you holy. It must make your beloved holy. It must lead you to him who is holy. End quote. Gregory J. Popcheck, PhD, book, Holy Sex, a Catholic guide to toe curling, mind blowing, infallible love. Bam. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me to help you in yours. Get live Catholic marriage help. Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern, with some resolution to your marriage Confuse. All right, all right. So let's get right into it today. Let's get into our content. But first of all, get in that cue. If you're having uh problems where you don't you not understand if you're a young man and, and you know you're dating a girl, and you not know where you're going to go and if you you know, you're having any kind of communication problems or you know or, or she's pressuring you to do things, you know, that you that in- intimacy wise that that you know is against the church don't want to do but you like her, um then you know, give me a call. Other than that, let's get this let's getting rocking there on this content. So, as promised, today's radical rant, we asked the question why is dating for sex and courting for marriage? Uh, how to build a holy lover foundation before actually getting married. And basically, we covered the first uh eight yesterday, um, the show before this, and that we covered like why sex. Is like why dating is purely for sex. That's what people have it for, and had basically date for. They don't think they do. They don't say they do, but they that's what it's for. And so we covered the eight things yesterday, and today we're going to briefly go over them real quick. Uh, once we get to that segment, and then we're going to get into today's um, eight um, things of why courting is for marriage. I say that I say this every time at the beginning of my show, and I do it. Because I like it for one. And it's true. (laughs) Um, And so I think that people need to understand intimacy and what it's about, especially when it pertains to God. And so basically, it's important that men prepare for marriage before marriage. It's called marriage prep. And I understand that that the Catholic Church has marriage prep and it's like six months. Sometimes sometimes now they just have at least like six weeks or something. Um. So it, it varies. It used to be definitely was six months straight. So if you were a couple and you were planning on getting married in the Catholic church, in the faith, you knew that you had to plan for that. So it'd probably be a year out. So you had to go six months of premarital counseling and then you know six months to plan it kind of like that. So why is dating for sex? Dating is for sex because people don't know how to date. They don't know what dating is for. Dating is to get to know the person to really on the first date. You're really just trying to see, am I interested in him or interested in her? Does she, you know, is, is he, is, um, is she attractive to me? Is she attractive to me? Do we converse? Do we converse really effortlessly, you know, or, or we not, nobody's, nobody's talking, right. Or it's, it's, a, it's hard to talk once both, both people are introverts or whatever, um, then, you know, you're trying to see if you have things in common, if you could be friends and if you could be friends with that person, man, that's definitely a foundation for a great marriage, you know, and a lot of women don't, don't believe that and think that they just, they look at it like, well, you know, we, I don't look at you like that, but, but see guys, we know guys know instinctively that if I can get a girl to be my friend, <laughs> the door's open, <laughs> it's really open, right? Next, um, we're going to talk about a little bit is why is courting for marriage. According to the marriage, because that's how you man up. I, I talked to a guy and um you know d- d- date the girl for seven, eight years. And the girl finally said, Man, it's enough of that. You know, no woman is wants to hang around with a guy for six, seven, eight years. She's expecting him to eventually ask me to uh is, is eventually ask her to marry him, you know, right? And um and if you as a as a woman, don't really understand that or a male don't understand that it's gonna cause problems. Okay. And courting is the is the best way to figure out without intimacy, because why intimacy clouds things? When you start having sex with people, man, body fluids all over the place and stuff, it clouds things. Your mind gets cloudy, emotion clouds things. And if you don't know that as a man, most men don't even know that if I have. Every woman that I've ever had sex with, every my whole life, I am now bonded to her for the rest of my life. If it was six women, or ten women, or a hundred women, you are bonded to that person, and it ain't going away. It's called oxytocin, right? <laughs> so that's how God set it up. So my thing is when I talk to when I talk to you men, I don't, I just don't say, "Well, God says this," because you know most people don't even care, really, these days. They really don't unless you love God, really love God, and you really want to try to understand how to be holy and how try to how to how to not have a lot of problems in your life by following the natural law. Most people go, "Yeah, God says that, but but see what I do is I bring it down home to you. You know, like, well, if every woman you have sex with, you bond to her for the rest of your life. Most guys don't know that. You know, and and the believing for everything, every sin we do, there's consequences. Sometimes the consequences are just spiritual like on our soul, which is really bad. Sometimes it, the, the effects are, are physical, you know, like we get sick or something, but most times the consequences are physical and spiritual and, 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 and it can mess with you psychologically too. Okay. So why does, how does sex harm? Uh, How does sex before marriage harm the woman? It harms the woman because she's a receiver and women, they can't take trauma like men can take trauma. I mean, emotional trauma, psychological problem, trauma, stuff like that. Why? Because women are made to be emotional. Why? They're emotional because so they can bond with the children and nurture the children and nurture you. Okay, their husband. So when, when traumatic things happen to women, like sleep with a lot of sex partners, not just not just a lot of sex partners, even one sex partner outside of their husband, it damages their soul. It damages them psychologically. It damages them um, uh, emotionally, where they can't deal with it. It's cloudy to them. It it, it really. And then once a the woman sleeps with you, she just it's hard for her to leave you and separate herself from you. That's why you know I'm very direct when I talk to women about opening they, closing their legs, because it ain't no joke. It's not a joke. It's not a fun. It's not a game. Every man that you sleep with as a woman, man, it damages you. And you and then when you do find the man that you do that you want to spend the rest of your life with and you marry actually marry him, you're gonna bring all that crap that you had with those other guys, you're gonna bring them in your marriage and screw your marriage up. That's how it happens. I've seen it happen so many times. Okay, how does sex harm men? Sex harms a man because once a man sins so much, he becomes numb to, to the sin. Like you know, sleeping with other women and sex and stuff, it, it you know, and not sleeping with his wife. Um, that really harms a man as psychologically too. Um, it harms his soul though. Um, and what happens is he has baggage too, but men, a lot of times can deal with stuff a lot better than women can when it comes to that. And then of course, when a man gets married and finds the woman, he, he wants to marry, then he brings his baggage too. Okay. You know, so what is pleasure? Why is pleasure the ultimate goal in our society? Well, because having, we have nothing else, we have nothing else in our society today. Everybody's miserable. Everybody's jacked up on um, on medication because they can't deal with nothing. Why? Because they're not praying. They don't have the creator in their lives. And they don't people don't people really think that, that doctors can solve everything. And doctors can't really solve nothing. They really can't. They give you a pill, but does that pill solve anything? No, a pill just like masters, mass stuff. It mass it. Like, if you're in depression, you have to give you a depression pill, and you'll feel massive depression a little bit. But then people, people hurt themselves on depression medication, don't they? Hmm. So the first thing that I always try to get guys to do is to get the toxins out of your body, slam your body out, get yourself all the way down, fast, get, drink a lot of water, get all that crap out, you know, and, and then see how you feel. Then, if you feel you're not feeling any better, then maybe go see a doctor. And even then, you got to be careful, okay? But we've eliminated God in every form, in every part of our society, and and pretty soon they're gonna start trying to keep get God out of our own homes. We think that can't happen, but it really can, okay? So ultimately, we need God in our schools. We need God in our um in our um in in the government on the courthouse steps. Why? Because marriage and God are a facet of all of our lives. If you think about it, marriage and, and and is the center and core of the universe. Without marriage, you don't really even have a country. Listen, if we keep destroying families, we're going to be putty for the Chinese. We will. We will be putty for them. Just like you know, other, other countries that aren't strong in the the family thing, family, family, not having families makes you weak. Not having marriage makes you weak as a country. All right. So after the break, we're going to get into it. We're going to really rock it. So stay with me so that we can get into courting and sex and the difference and how it can help you. And if you are older person, like, you know, 40, you got, you got, I mean, you got children. I mean, you're not, you know, not trying to get married, but you have kids and daughters and sons. It's important that you know this stuff because you got to be able to explain it to them because you go, now we all tell our kids, now don't go out there and have sex. Well, what do our kids do? They go out there and have sex because we can't, we can't tell them, we can't tell them the consequences, the real consequences of it. Like I just told you about harm and high harms women. How many people know that? How many people know that? And so we've got to be able to tell our daughters this. We got to be able to tell our sons this. To explain to them how when they make love, not it's not, make, it's not making love. I'm, I shouldn't even say it, that That was stupid. <laughs> when they have sex, that they are harming not just themselves, but the other person. And I look at it like this. Once I tell my kids something and tell them the consequences of what's going to happen, they grown. They're going to do what they're going to do. You know, and of course. They're going to mess it up, but we all mess it up. But then how do you recover from that, right? So hang out with me. We'll be right back. And we're going to get rocking on today's content. Give me a caller. Bam. If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an opportunity to work with me Personally, for free. Yes, within thirty days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit Save My Catholic dot com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit Save My Catholic Marriage dot com for superior coaching for your marriage. Again, Save My Catholic Marriage dot com. Hey, 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 we back. We back. So let's get right into it. Again, if you're a young man and or a young woman and you're in a relationship and you're not really understanding the sex thing, the consequences, or you got a question on how to deal with it, or if you're a woman uh, and you want to get a man to ask you to marry her, I can help you with that. So give me a call. 313-RADICAL. That's 313-RADICAL. So let's get on it. So as promised, revealed the top 16 reasons that dating is for sex and courting is for marriage. Today, we're going to cover part two of that. And uh, uh, the other day, yesterday, we covered the first eight. And the question was, why is dating for sex? So we're going to go over those eight real quick. I'm not going to stay on them for long. I'm going to jump on them and jump in and jump out so we can have time to spend a lot more, spend more time on the other subject really quick. So why dating is for sex? Why? Number one, we are not focused on the person, but we but what we can get out of them, not really considered what is best for her, but what you want, which is selfishness. We have to understand that when we are with our beloved, with our wife, or with our um, with the woman that we say we want to marry, you know, we're not we can't be focusing on ourselves, right? Um, we must focus on her. And so that she understands that you're number one, that she's number one, you know, because if you can't show your wife and your fiance that she's number one now, how can you show her that when you guys get married? Another thing, too, focusing on the focusing on yourself instead of her is basically selfishness, okay? And basically sleeping with her is selfishness selfishness because it's using up her body and her soul and using up her youth and her beauty, okay. Next. Number two, why dating is for sex? We are just trying to get in her pants. Boom. I said it. Don't kill the messenger. It's the truth. Most men, I can almost say all men. I can almost say it, but I ain't going to say it because people get mad when you say, oh, you're saying all of them. But men, we all know the deal. We get with a woman, especially when we're young. Our main goal today, look at these young boys out here. What the, What they want to do. They just want to get in the girl's pants. They don't really care nothing about her. They tell her that they love her, but they really don't, you know? And so it's our job as fathers um, to, uh, and to let our, our girls know what the deal is and teach our boys about that. We don't, you know, that's something, you know, having sex with a girl just for, for that, you don't really care about her and you're not trying to marry her. You know, that's why dating is for sex. Because that's, that's all people really want to do. So next, number three of why dating is for sex. We're just seeking to get pleasure. That's all men are today. We're pleasure seekers, right? Fun, fun, fun. Happy, happy, happy. YouTube, Facebook, golfing, fishing, you know, whatever. If we, if we love work, we stay at work all the time. You know, we're all about pleasure. So if all about pleasure, when a woman comes along, what do we want to do? We want pleasure from her. So that's effeminate. That's the masculine related. We can't talk to the girl. We can't get to know the girl. We can't even know if we want to, if we want the girl to be our friend or not. We're too busy trying to just have, you know, lust with her and be with her. And believe it or not, most girls, they can, they see that. But if if a woman thinks she's cute, if a girl thinks she's cute and she thinks you're interested and funny, she'll let you go a lot farther than if right off the bat, if she doesn't like you. Okay. Uh, Number four why dating is for sex is we have no real goal to get married, okay? That's what a real man is. I don't care if you're 16 or 106. That's what a real man is. You're trying to get married, create a family, build a future, and create a great marriage and lead that family towards God. And if you're a woman and you ain't, you got a knucklehead that ain't thinking like that, you need to get rid of him, toss his butt to the curb because all he's going to do is cause your he's going to cause you a ton of misery, a ton of misery. Okay. Next. Number five. We only want to have so-called fun, 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 fun. Yeah. Right. Fun. We have fun. We uh, lose control. We have sex with her. We lose control and then it's over. Right. We don't want her no more. So we're going to go to the next girl to have fun with her. But really, after you sleep with so many girls, what what do you have? What are you really accumulating? you know you're not you're not you're not feeling that gut because most dudes we sleep with we're trying to have fun and pleasure, and we know that and and pleasure and fun don't last long. It doesn't. and so basically you have an empty hole in your gut that only the infinite can feel and who's the infinite God, okay? this is why people think that people come to God. Because, oh, God is some kind of crutch or something. Well, I say, I think it's great. He's a crutch. Hey, because basically God has us out here, (laughs) out here in this wilderness, and it would be unfair for him to stick us out here without any kind of grace or help. That wouldn't be right. But see, God ain't like that. God knows the end game is to be in the beatific vision with him. And if all we're doing is thinking about ourselves and being selfishness and being selfish, I'm sorry, then what what does that say about us? We will never get towards God like that. You will never have a woman that truly loves you. You would never have a family that kids that truly love you. And basically, you will, you'll have nothing. You'll always be empty inside because a man is will never be fulfilled as a man until he's willing to die for something. And that's the truth. OK, so. Number six, she is just a means to an end, an object, a fork, a knife, or a spoon. She's just a thing to use. That's why dating is for sex, right? Because we're just the woman, all she is is a source of our pleasure, right? And here's the thing we men are the ones called to control themselves, women ain't called to control themselves. Men are control, called to control ourselves. Why? Because that's what Christ did. Christ controlled himself. Christ did the will of God even when he, He, you know, he was, you know, he was, you know, he, when, even when he was, really didn't know in his human form what was going on. But he did the will of God anyway, because he trusted God, right? And so he kept in control. So when it comes to women, it is our, it's our, it's called protection, it's our job to protect our wife from us. It's our job to protect our fiance from us. It's our job to protect our girlfriend from us because we can hurt them more than anybody else. So if we're, we're sitting there and we're having intimacy with them every day, every week, and we're living with them and using up their body and their, their youth and their beauty and their vitality, what she can get, be using to get the man that's going to love her for the rest of her life and be her husband. Are we really being the man we think we are? Are we? Huh? Number seven date dating wastes her time and prevents her from finding her eternal love. So with women, this is number seven of why dating is for sex. So for women, the most important thing a woman, a woman has is her time even more than men. Of course, time is important to everybody because time runs out. But for women, it's even more a drastic thing. That's why you heard me say at the beginning of this podcast that, we, that women cannot be, we, can't, we cannot be wasting our time. And when, when with a woman, her time is what? Her beauty, her vitality, and her youth. To be able to have children, time is hard on women. They start getting wrinkly, They start, the sun affects them. They start losing their hair. They start, you know, getting a little weight on them and flabby. You know, and then you, that's why you heard me say at the beginning of the dude living with the guy, living with the girl for seven, eight years. We living with a woman for seven, eight years, man. And then we don't marry her. What is wrong with us? We have no commitment. That's what I, we try to, you got to tell your sons that men don't only do what we make them do. Think about your sons. Your sons only do what you make them do, especially when they was younger, I say 16 and below, they only do what you make what you make them do, right? That's how all men are. We only come to the rescue when it's an emergency. We procrastinate, procrastinate, and procrastinate. So with women, if a woman doesn't if a woman opens her legs and allows a man to have sex with her and she's not married to him, she's asking for trouble. Because once a woman has sex with a man, She loses all control in a relationship. All control in the relationship. Right? When as long as the woman does not have sex with the man, she is in control of the relationship. She is. But women don't know their power. They're too busy trying to be feminazis. They're too busy trying to be men to, to, to understand their power as a woman. Okay? So next, number eight, the last one before we get to part two In the end, dating is for wusses and it's complete cowardice. It is. If you're not dating the proper way, which is what? I'm just trying to see, go on date one to see if this is somebody who I could be friends with, who I'm attracted to, who we have things in common, we make each other laugh, we have a good time together so that we can go to date two. Then date two is, guys, then date three, and then go on and on. And then we decide, okay, we're going to become exclusive. And then it's the courting phase. Right. And that's that's how it works. So now, boom, that was quick. So now we're going to get on to part two. All right. So try your best to hang with me. Try your best to hang with me. Because right now, courting is for marriage. So I said dating is for sex. Now, courting is for marriage. Why? Why? Number nine, because when we really understand how the world really works, our goal is God, marriage, children, Family, duty, responsibility. Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen said a quote that is so relevant to today's society and throughout the history of time that men only become, men come men through responsibility and sacrifice and suffering. That's how men become men. The responsibility and sacrifice. That's how we do it. And this is why if, 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 if a mother and father have boys in the home and they don't make them do nothing. I mean, once they get like three, them they should have chores. They should be cleaning their room or at least at the minimum, putting their toys up like they play with their toys. Your job every day is a boy, as a, as, a, as a little boy, at three years old to pick your toys up at the end of the day and put them away. You every three year old can do that. But people don't want. They want their kids do nothing these days. Don't make them do nothing. Then the kid grows up. He's a total wuss. Walking around with black hair and black makeup and black eye eye make, makeup and stuff. Tattoos all over himself. Don't know who he is. Ain't a real man. Don't know what a real man is. And his mama and dad look at him like, "Man, did I create that? Yep, you sure did. I'm gonna help you out. <laughs> you sure did create that one. Yes, you did." You've got to make your boy, especially a boy, you've got to get, make him suffer and sacrifice. That's why my son Solomon, you know, uh, Father Rubiker said that, well, and it's true, you know, he's a priest, exorcist, you know, Father Rubiker, exorcist and stuff. You know, he said, let your, if you're a mother, you know, let your son, if you're a father, especially if you're a mother, let your son, a, a, a boy ain't a boy till he breaks something break a wrist, break an arm, break a leg, have some kind of surgery or something. That's how you make a man. I tell you my son Solomon man, that boy been through some stuff. Um, he was uh he <laughs> when we were uh he was younger, I, the boys uh, I I think were like 10 to 12 8 9 10 11 12 13. they were going to to the to the farm and at the farm they would learn how to, you know, uh gut take care of animals and stuff and how to gut them and cook them and and, and how to, uh, you know, you kill a pig, how to gut it and get prepared to eat and stuff like that and the chickens and stuff. It was really great. Um, and And I'm so thankful for the for the families that allowed the our boys and other boys, that's what that's one of their ministries. They would they would allow the boys to come and to help the boys learn be boys. And that was one that's what they did. They had a farm and the kids, the boys would come, and the boys would um the boys would learn how to, you know, they would take care of the animals and stuff and learn how to prepare them and, and prepare the you know, prepare the prepare the animals to be eaten and stuff like that. It was great. So Solomon. Who's my youngest, I guess he's nine, eight, nine, ten. I don't even remember. His mama knows probably. But anyway, man, <laughs> Solomon's getting there. He's got the knife and he's cutting on the chicken. He's cutting the chicken's head off and all that. You know, whatever you do, to chicken. I've never done it before, but you know. And it's a live chicken. And so Solomon, he man, he cut his, man, he cut his finger, man. Almost cut his finger off. Boy, 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 you thought the world was going to end, boy. But you know what? My wife was a warrior. Because <laughs> I was like, I knew she was going to say, he can't go there no more. <laughs> but she didn't. She was tough. I just knew he was going to have problems. Solomon came home. He showed it to his, to his mama. He had it wrapped up and has, got stitches and stuff. And man, he was a warrior. That was the first time he got hurt. Then he was riding his bike. I forgot how old he was. I'm not very good with dates and stuff, y'all. Then he was riding his bike. He was riding his bike, man. Dude fell off the bike, man, and broke his wrist. Bam! Fell off his bike and broke his wrist. So what we had to do? Take him to the hospital. He got a cast on the stuff, and everybody, you know how you get a cast on. Everybody when the sign, and he's going to school. And he's out special stuff. He's young, you know. And that was a, that. That was second time. So then Solomon starts playing football. He's been playing football his whole life. Solomon started playing football when he was six years old, late five years old, something like that. So when he was uh, in middle school in seventh grade, seventh grade, man. No, the beginning of his eighth grade year, Solomon, man, he was a star. Dude, man, he was a cornerback. And somehow he intercepted the ball was running back and he and he he tore his he tore his Achilles, not his Achilles, uh his, uh his uh his uh interior cushion ligament. Didn't know what it was. I kinda knew what it was, but we said, well, let's just see what happens. So the boy played a couple of games on in a, in a ligament that was torn. And the last game he played, man, the boy got three interceptions, took one back four touchdown on a torn ligament, (laughs) y'all. And the one interception he got was a miraculous interception. The ball, the, the, the receiver tipped the ball, and Solomon was far away. He ran and jumped and dove and caught the ball with one hand. Got up, he got tackled on that one. But my point of what I'm saying is then, guess what? That was his first time he tore it. Then in ninth grade, in ninth grade, the end of the end of the year, the last game of the season, he tore it again. And guess what he did? He went to the doctor, got it repaired, and he went out there and, and played his sophomore, junior, and senior years. Nothing that's ever happened. But that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. If you got a boy, you you know Solomon, he's just he just tough. I mean, that's that's a boy that just you know he's just tough. And all of my boys are like that. They get hurt and stuff, and but Solomon was hurt more than anybody. That's why I'm telling you his story. Because man, he he he, no matter what happened, he got up and kept going. And that is how you make a man. That is how you make a man. If you are a mother and all and your kid is running around and you so scared he's gonna get hurt. Oh, he's gonna get hurt. Oh, he's gonna he can't play football, he can't play basketball, he can't play soccer, he can't do nothing, you know. Uh, people think that soccer is safer than football. It really ain't. People get concussions all the time in soccer. Don't mind say nothing. Okay. So that that is that. You know, we is we gotta make our boys into men. So when you when you make your man your boy into a man, and he gets older and he starts dating girls, he treats them different. He's he's more mature. This is another thing. Boys today are so immature, ain't they? Ain't they? So if you're, a, if you're a father and a mother, we've got to start turning out more mature boys so if they understand their mission and what their purpose, what they're supposed to be doing. Now, the thing about boys is, with, and girls too, they get out here in the real world in the world, and they, they make mistakes. They, they do stuff. But the thing about it is, is it, you can't worry about that as a parent. What you got to worry about is giving them the foundation. So when he gets out there and they make the mistakes, then your training that you train them comes back. And they start going, okay, I can't do that no more. Right? Okay. So, that's why uh, because we understand how the world really works, our goal for a boy is to, is for God, marriage, children, family, duty, and responsibility. A real man who's been brought up right is trying to get married, or he's trying to go into priesthood. That's what they're trying to do. They're not trying to sleep with everybody and abuse all the girls and go out just have fall time. Sure, kids want to have fun, but my sons, I'm gonna tell you, I'm not trying to brag on them. I guess I am trying to brag a little bit, <laughs> but really, they want to get married. All of them. They all want to get married, you know. And that's what you and your wife—that's what you do when you build a great marriage. Your all your kids want to get married, not just get married. Your kids—they—they they, want to stay married. Okay. So number ten. So number ten of why courting is courting us for marriage, we are seeking something greater than ourselves. Courting is unattached to the ego or selfishness. It is considering the bigger picture and understands time as a factor. What is the something bigger? A journey and eventual peace with God for the benefit of wife and children and their children and their children. This is what A man who's trying to court is thinking about, is this the woman that's going to help me get to heaven, that I can help get to heaven, that I can be friends with, that we get along, that we care about each other? And we ain't got to sleep together to know these things. Because, again, when you sleep together, what does that do? That, That makes things cloudy. And so if you date, if you court for a year or six months and you go, you know what, I don't think I like her. Or she goes, you know, I don't think I like him. And they ain't had sex. It's easy to break up. And you could go along being friends matter of fact i was on um david gray's pod. i was a guest on david uh l gray's podcast yesterday you know he's one of them coptic podcaster and an author all this stuff he he's you know talks a lot about the church and stuff and man um it's it's a good podcast y'all too if y'all want to listen to it but but man he said that he he courted he courted a girl and they they dated for like a year and then at the end of that year, man, they just kind of was like, you know, we just, I guess, you know, we don't, we don't, we're not clicking, you know, and and they just kind of broke up. And they still, was, they still cool to the day. He said they even did business ventures together. But see, man, that's a good thing. Like they didn't sleep together, have intimate relations, all that stuff. And so when it came to the end of the courtship, they was like, you know, they still cool. But how many women do you know? That the guy and the girl sleep together, man. <laughs> and the girl, the guy want to break up. And the girl's like, uh-uh. <laughs> she go to his car, scratch his car up, flatten his tires, go to his job, bust through the door, cause a scene, go to his mama's house, go to his daddy, her daddy, his daddy's house. Man, crazy. You know why? It's like I said before, women are emotional. They can't take trauma like that. And so the power of as a man, you got to understand your power as a man and what that means. You know, and we do have a lot of power that God has given us, but we have to learn to use it appropriately. Okay, so that's that. Number 11. Marriage uh, makes real men out of us because of the sacrifice, and responsibility of giving our life away for another. We will never be true man until we have something we are willing to sacrifice, die, and give our life for. We'll never be truly happy or at peace as men. Remember Christ. This is exactly what he did and caused us to do as men. I talked about this a little bit earlier. When we 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 have when we are with a woman and we're trying to court her or date her, it's a suffering not to give in to our passions right it's a suffering it's hard it's, it's a sacrifice and and you know what and you pray to God and you ask Christ to give you the strength to treat to do right by this woman right and man the payoff is this if you decide to marry that girl man you're gonna have a great marriage you're gonna you might not have a great marriage but you're gonna start off great you know and you have the foundation. And the problem with boys today is nobody teaches them about suffering and sacrifice. Suffering is a good thing. Now it hurts. It's painful. I know that Christ knew it too, but he teaches us how to be real men and you suffer through the the pain to get the bigger reward. And that's why a lot of men are empty. They're empty inside because they don't know their mission. They don't know what their purpose in this life is. They don't know what they're supposed to be doing, and it's painful to them. It's painful to men that don't know their mission. They hate it every day they get up. What am I doing this for? What am I here for? That's why I don't understand single men. I, I don't understand single men. The dudes ain't trying to be married. Well, the real reason that dudes think the real reason dudes are trying to get married because they can get they can get sex whenever they want. I talked to a guy yesterday. He said, "Man, I can call six women right now. Tell them I miss them. They be over my house in five minutes." Dudes, dudes only get married when they they look at that woman and she makes them want to be worthy. Wants him, makes him want to be a better man. That's when a guy marries a woman. Women, women don't understand that. They think if I give him my body, he's gonna love me and he's gonna marry me and he's gonna make me happy. That's not true. Men, we don't marry a woman. All you guys that are married right now, all you guys that are married right now, listen to me. Think about it. You, may, I'm not talking about if you're the, you know right now. I'm not talking about how your marriage is now. I'm talking about how when you was thinking about marrying this woman, when you thinking about marrying your wife, you married her because why? The core of it is she made you want to be a better man. You know that's the truth. You know that's the truth. If you really think about it, and that's what I try to tell women all the time. I try to tell my daughter that. No man is going to marry a woman that doesn't make him want to be a better man for her. This is the power of women that gets on my nerves if they don't know that. You know, they give their bodies away. They give their souls away. They give their minds and hearts away for nothing, for nothing. And then they get mad at the guy that the nerve women have to get mad at a man because he's just being a man. Right. He's trying to protect her. You're right. But she is responsible too. She is responsible, too. You know, you got the nerve to get mad at a man when you you opened your legs and you slept with him. And then he he wasn't who you thought he was. Now you're mad and you want to beat him up and and call the police on him and and have somebody kick his butt and and, and flatten his tires and scratch up his car. (laughs) You really can't blame him. He didn't keep his word, but you helped him. You actually helped him. That's not fair. But see women, they don't think logical like that they think like they they it's more emotional for them, you know, and so this is why it's important that we understand what I'm talking about. We gotta understand what I we talked about, okay next um twelve, we are looking for that perfect woman, helpmate that can and will joy will joy in helping me get to heaven, so basically. What we're looking for as a man, we're recording, is before we have intimacy and lip-locking and all that stuff, we, we just want to see if this woman is somebody that can that I can be friends with, that I can, more importantly, be best friends with. Because your wife is supposed to, should be your best friend. You should be her best friend. St. Paul, think about it. Ephesians 5, 21 through 33, that's what he's are talking about. At the in the I think it's verse 33. Probably got that wrong, but whatever. I'm not good at that stuff. He says, A man and a woman should leave their mother and father and go and become one flesh. What does that mean? That means, hey man, you and that woman, your beloved, mean everything to each other. You're each other's best friend. You confide in each other. You love each other. You never you never let anybody come in between you, including Satan. Your parents, your children, your, um, I got a, a client now was in my thing. And, was in, and his wife cannot, she keeps putting the kids above him. That is completely evil. You can't put kids above your husband. You can't do that. You can't put your kids above your wife because they get resentful because there is no. When are people going to realize there is no family without a husband? There is no family without a wife. You need a God, a husband, and a wife to be together to keep those kids healthy, loving, psychologically fit, emotionally fit, and spiritually fit. When you disrespect your husband as a woman and all you do is put that kid above, you you don't serve your husband and you keep putting those kids above him. How do you expect him to keep loving you like you want to be loved? You're disrespecting him as your as your beloved. You can't do that. And I and I hate it when guys come to my program and they got a problem with their wife because that's what women do. They get mad and they get hurt. Then they they want they want divorce. So what do they do? They commandeer the kids because women need support. Women need support when what they do. If a woman's going to leave you or divorce you or file for an annulment, she needs support from other people because she don't have the courage to do it on her own. That's how you know most of the time when a woman leaves, she's been planning for years. She's been planning it for years. She got some knucklehead divorce woman telling her that, you girl, if I was you, I'd let him go. He ain't about nothing. You're going to let him treat you like that? There's no way in him i take that. You know why divorced women talk like that? Because they was hurt. They are man, they man haters now. Because they couldn't make their marriage work, and so now they going they going they going to act like Satan and get to your wife and talk her into leaving you. Had a guy I just talked to a couple days ago. That's what his wife, that's what happened to him. Happened to him. Talking divorce single women they influenced her. She comes home talking about she ain't gonna, she don't want, she want to leave. She want, she want to be, don't want to be with him no more. Yep. Had a client before too. Wife, you know what? She goes to all divorce, you know, they divorced, they separated, but she goes to all the, all the divorce groups. She goes to all support groups. Divorce women group, Catholic divorce group, uh, Christian support group. She's doing all the divorce, support, separate groups. She ain't doing nothing and going to nothing. She's going to a psychiatrist that uh, that is telling her to leave her husband too. What support does marriage have? Where is where is support? The support for family and marriage and love. Where is it? Well, it used to be man back in the day. People, when when you had a marriage problem and you tried to leave your husband or you try to leave your wife. Man, people say, look, man, you need to get your butt back home with your wife, man. Stop, stop tripping. If a woman went home to go stay with her mother because she, her and her husband aren't and stuff, they would say, Listen, you can stay here 30 days. But guess what? After 30 days, you need to get your butt back to your back to your husband. He's he is he is your lover right now. He's responsible for you. We ain't responsible for you no more. But what do we people do today? These weak ass parents. I got clients coming to me all the time. I had a client man turn into a great husband, turn to a great man. Man, any woman would be, any woman, any woman would be, would be, would be, would love to have him as a husband. For months and months and months, the girl was with her parent, live with her parents. They would not kick her out. She stayed with them for like three years. He's in an apartment by himself, becoming a man, becoming a good husband. And the, and the mother and father agreed with him that she was wrong. But the father wouldn't man up and kick her out and say, go home with your husband. Wouldn't do it. So all they did was support evil. That's all they did. And the man, they did nothing to the girl. The the uh, The husband, he did nothing to her. He didn't beat her. He didn't mess around her or nothing. He didn't. So he was with me. And finally, finally, through all his praying, through all his suffering, through all his sacrifice, him and her finally started dating again. Oh, thank God. They didn't get a divorce. But man, this is what I'm trying to tell y'all, man. Most people think that marriage crisis, you know, we're going to solve a marriage crisis problem in a day. It don't happen like that. Once you, your wife gets hurt or your girlfriend fiance get hurt, man, it's hard for them. It's very hard for them for a woman to forgive when she's been hurt real bad. And so it takes time to fit, turn that around. This is why I tell guys, man, don't stop praying. Don't stop the program. keep stand, keep staying, Be a warrior. Have that warrior spirit. The Holy Spirit will help you turn your wife around. And that's what happens. The only guys that fail in my program are the ones that quit. I'm telling you, that's the truth. That's the truth. That's the truth. That's the truth. They get weak, and they can't take it no more, and they just give up. But once you give up, Satan got you then, don't he? Yeah. So the woman you pick is supposed to be your helpmate. She's going to get you to heaven. You're going to get her to heaven. You're going to journey that family towards God. Okay. Number 13, we are looking for that one woman that can help get me, our children, to heaven. See, helpmate. (laughs) Our wife's job is to assist and guide us. This is what Ephesians 5, verses 21 through 33 speaks of. Okay, so I talk about that a little bit in twelve, but thirteen I bring it home. Right, our wife. Another thing that 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 men don't understand is we don't we're not very good listeners until somebody makes us listen. Women, if you don't listen to your woman, whether she's your fiance, your girlfriend, or your wife, you will lose her eventually. She gon' she's gonna think you don't respect her. She's gonna, she's gonna think a lot of she's gonna think you're selfish, and she's gonna be looking for another man. Or she's gonna be looking to get rid of you. You've gotta listen. When your wife and your girlfriend and your fiancé tell you something, these three women love you more than anybody else on the planet. So, what does that mean? That means that they have your best interest at heart. They really do. But guys we hard-headed, we think we could just dismiss what our woman says, and we can just keep doing that and doing that, and then go do our own thing and then things go wrong and we get mad at her or we don't we don't we never look at ourselves but I'm telling you man, listen to my wife, even my first wife before she died listen to my wise man dude it it's always serves me well it always serves me well. And as a man, you must at least give let her know that you're considering what she's saying. The problem with dudes is they just dismiss it oh, all. That's that's crazy stuff. Oh, you stupid for saying that stuff like that, you know? And you can't do you not. Know, I, I over exaggerate that, but even the lower forms of that, you can never dismiss what your beloved says, whether she's your girlfriend, your fiance, or your wife. Why? Because they love you more than anything. They have your best interest at heart. Nobody loves you more than they do. Nobody. They have given you their soul, their heart, their mind, their body. Okay? Our wives are our helpmates. They are our guides. And this is why I tell women, do not nag your husband because he ain't going to listen to you. You've got to guide him. Let him, you know, suggest things and and be and 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 talk to him in a, in a in a loving way. Don't tell your husband nothing. Just like I don't tell my wife nothing. She don't tell me nothing because when you tell that's what you tell. That's what you tell. You you, you do that with kids or employees. You know you don't your beloved. You don't talk to him or her like that. Okay. Next number fourteen. Um, and fourteen. The reason courting is for marriage is because and because of the last two assist in helping me get to heaven as well as my children. We seek that perfect beloved to become one flesh, one flesh understanding. It takes three, one flesh with my beloved wife and both of us, one flesh in God. I talk about one flesh a lot, man, because that's what St. Paul talks about. We've got to become one flesh. The father loved Christ, the son, so much that they produced the Holy Spirit, one flesh. You and your beloved wife loved each other so much that you produced this beautiful living soul and became one flesh. This is how you got to think about sex and making love and the mutual embrace, the holy caress, whatever you want to call it. Because it makes it special. Then it's, and this is why I, you hear a lot of Catholics that really, that really are into the theology of the body and into the, into the faith. They we really want we don't we really want people to understand that sex is not about an object. It's really it's about it. Of course, it feels good, but it's really in the unity of the spouses, and if that unity is beautiful then what does that mean? That means those two people leave that bedroom, they leave their house and they go out in the world and they show everybody what a great marriage is. This is why women is wrong for women. They can't have kids anymore and they start denying their husband the marital embrace. They stop, they start wanting to make love to him. That is so of Satan. Because that's the reason that God created marriage. It's the third reason, unity of the spouses. So how are you gonna be a be a marketing effort to the world of how great a marriage can be so other children and other people want to get married when you're not you're not bonded together, you're not making love, you're not being intimate with each other, loving each other. you can't it's impossible, okay, so. It's important that we understand one flesh, man. It's 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 vital. Okay, before you get married and while you're married, fifteen, almost done. We are trying to become holy lovers, the man God created us to be, and ultimately the man our wife needs for a lifelong, fulfilling, holy marriage. The habit of praying for our wife and family, praying for God to send the woman I am supposed to marry trying my best to understand how to fulfill my wife completely, to create a home environment where my wife and children can grow psychologically, emotionally, physically, and spiritually without hindrance. Where I, as a husband, give them a foundation that leads them towards Christ. As a man in your home, you're responsible for everything. Don't get it twisted. You're responsible for everything. Not your wife. Not your wife, man. So what does that mean? Well, it's your job as a man to create an environment in your home that everybody in your home can grow spiritually, psychologically, emotionally, physically, all of that, emotionally. If they're they're in a great environment that's conducive for that, which means what? You're not going around being selfish. You're taking care of business. You know, you're not losing control in the home. You're not getting mad and angry all over the place. You're not arguing to fight with your wife. You punish your kids when they need to be punished. You discipline when they need to be disciplined. You love your wife. You wife on the same page. It's a lot of things that you as a husband, you teach your wife, you teach your children. So when they go out into the world, especially your kids, they know how to talk to people and interact with people and build a loving relationship with their husband and their wife. If you don't create that, if you as a man, that's how powerful men are. We so silly these days. We so silly. Don't we don't we, don't we don't we don't think about nothing other than the pleasure. That's what gets us some trouble. We gotta start realizing our home is our truly our castle. And when our castle is in chaos, it's because we created that chaos. All right. And so, as for a young man who's about to get married. You should be right now, if you are a man and you're 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 25, 29, 30 years old, up to 34, you, if you ain't married between 16 and 34, let's just go over there. You should be praying a rosary and going to adoration for your wife, for God to send you the woman that you're supposed to be married every day. You know Why? Because if you can't pray for her now, how are you gonna pray and sacrifice for her when you're married? I'm gonna help you. You ain't. You ain't. We're gonna be wusses. We're gonna be a wuss. Which means if we don't pray for our wife, if we don't pray for our family, who's gonna do it? Remember, as men, we have special graces. We have special graces that we get from God to protect and defend our home. Our wife doesn't have that. So it's it's important that we show that and do that, okay? Last one, number 16, in the end, courting is for warriors and is heroic. It undertakes the role given to Adam by God for every man throughout eternity to protect, defend, and serve man. That's what this is about knowing your mission as a young man as a married man what is my purpose what am I supposed to be doing once you know these things your marriage becomes a lot easier and a lot things become a lot more clear okay so I ask you whom do you aspire to be do you aspire to be wuss or do you aspire to be warrior bam Let's talk about your Catholic marriage problems. Weekdays, 10 a.m. Eastern, live streamed on the Catholic Alpha Radical Facebook page and catholicalpha.com. If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, visit savemycatholicmarriage.com for an opportunity to work with me Personally for free. Yes, within thirty days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit Save MyCatholic Marriage dot com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit Save My Catholic Marriage dot com for superior coaching for your marriage. Again, save my catholic marriage dot com hey 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 we back so in conclusion we're done for today um i hope that that helped you men understand you know the effects of sex outside of marriage that it's not just some crazy rule that god came up with he he does this it's in the natural law um it's in our it's written on our hearts so uh to not have sex with anybody other than our our beloved wife and the reason why is because it damages us it 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 our, the creator he knows he knows he created us right so he knows what's harmful and think about it all the women that we slept with and had intimacy with and stuff like that it never really works out it never really does. The damage we do to them, the damage they do to us, you know, and then the the, the the sad thing is when we do finally get married, we bring all this crazy baggage into our marriage. Women bring a lot more than men. But now you got two crazy people <laughs> that got all this baggage that they got to figure out how to deal with. And one, one of the great things about my program is I teach men how to deal with that, how to deal with that. That's why, you know, I advise a man not to marry a divorced woman, but I understand there's so many of them out there. The chances of, 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 a, of a guy marrying a divorced woman is high. So what do I, what I do is I tell him, I told my friend, I told my friend this weekend, I told him, I said, look, man, he's dating a divorced woman now. I said, man, you, you know what that means. He's like, I know, because he went through my program. He's, I said, I know. I said, you, you got to be on top of your game all the time with a divorced woman because she's got a lot of pain, and she's got a lot of hangups. And as soon as things start going wrong, she's going to make you pay. And you got to know how to get rid of that stuff. And so this is where I'm telling you, you know, if you're divorced and you got an annulment and all that kind of stuff, and you're getting ready to get with another woman. You're dating a woman who's, who's, who's divorced or has an annulment. You got to know what you're getting into. That's not like marrying a single woman who's never been married before. People got this crazy thing that, well, we lived together. We was married. No, man, that's not marriage. First of all, just because you're living together, there ain't no commitment there. Ain't no commitment nowhere in that, right? When you live with somebody, you just playing house. You ain't doing a dang thing but playing house. It's like lesbians, right? They ain't doing nothing. That's what they ain't doing a dang old thing. They playing. (laughs) So anyway, we are done for the day. I just hope that helped you guys. Um, and I hope that you um if you have children, that you do your best to try to, you know, I hope, you know, to tell them and talk to them and let them know the things. You've got to be able to tell your kids the reason why you don't want them having intimacy with other with other people. They've got to understand the consequences. And then once you tell them, then it's on them. You, you know, you, you can't make them they grown. You can't, you know, or especially, or they their little kids too, you know, you know, teenagers. They're going to do what they're going to do, but at least you did your part, okay? So, as we always do, we end with a quote from Pope Benedict XVI, which states, Society offers you comfort, but you weren't made for comfort. You were made for greatness. Now go forth, Christian soldier. The spiritual fight is upon you. Fast, pray, and prepare for battle. Thank you for listening in today. If what you heard helped you in any way and you would like more personal attention, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior marriage coaching. And remember to join the Catholic Alpha Radical Live podcast as a caller or listener every Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern. To join as a caller, dial area code 313-RADICAL.